All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. Uh, I'm very, very excited. Before we introduce our guests, remember, just like always, none of this is financial, legal, or any other type of advice. And what you do with your time and money, 100% on you. But in this episode, I'm going to say we have an NFT expert on the call. I'm very, very excited. He goes by Dr. Clips. So Dr. Clips, can you tell us who you are? And let's jump into it. Yeah, so how y'all doing? Thanks again, Spencer, for having me, man. It's a pleasure. So what I do basically is I educate people about the metaverse, about NFTs, um, just basically about this new frontier that we're that we're going into as, you know, as humanity. And we have a lot of different resources on my TikTok, YouTube, just wanting to help as many people on board into the space as possible because we're early. And when you're early, the navigation and the onboarding is not as smooth. So I'm just here to help you, in a sense, be like a metaverse tour guide, educator, just to help empower the users, help them learn what's going on with the blockchain space and the metaverse in particular, and to also tell them about NFTs and how that's important and probably one of the most important pieces of technology in our lifetime, honestly. So yeah, that's what I do. Metaverse educator. I'm an author. I have a book called Cyberspace and Politics. Um, that where I talk about, you know, cyberspace and governance and um, philosophical questions that aren't asked in cyberspace as well. So, yeah, author, I do a lot of teaching. We have the school nfteacher.io, which is a metaverse learning academy. Yeah, so I do a little bit of everything, but content producer, metaverse educator, author, you know, have you ever want to spend it? Oh, man, that's I mean, you do a lot of stuff, man. I, I just make videos. That's what I <laughs> man. Look, that was me. That's why I started. Too. That's literally all I still do every day. Anyway, that's you got to do videos. something. Literally, I'm waking up and I'm making videos, man. Like that's, you know, Dr. Clips. And I, it kind of evolved into teaching people through video, you know, from just the, the Dr. Dre version of the music video director, you know. So, yeah, definitely, man. Making videos is, is the fundamentals with what we got going on right now, because that's how you reach people. Yep. So, I mean. You do a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff we got to break down there. So, I mean, yeah. obviously we've been seeing a lot of stuff that like NFTs kind of NFTs and like the metaverse almost go hand in hand, even though they don't, they do, but they don't. So right. my question is, so if we can break this down now, a lot of people are asking, like, so if you had to describe to someone what an NFT was, I'm sure you've done mm-hmm. this a lot. What is yeah. an NFT, right? What is an NFT? So an uh, NFT in simple terms is a unit of data that verifies a digital asset on the blockchain so if i was to draw a parallel just to try to make it easy to understand a deed ties your ownership to a house right a certificate of authentication would tie your ownership to a rolex you know nft like i said is a unit of data that ties your ownership to a digital asset so uh, let's say what is NFT is from the, the acronym. It means non-fungible token. What is a token? A token is something that represents something. So if I were to give you this phone as a token of my appreciation, the phone represents the appreciation. It is a representation because it's a token of the appreciation. So a non-fungible token is just a token, meaning it represents something that's non-fungible. And when you think about fungibility, you have to understand that fungibility is in a sense is it if it's fungible then that means it's not unique you can exchange it for something of equal value so if you give me one dollar i can give you one dollar in exchange and we both will be cool with the exchange because it's worth the same thing now if i gave you a cell phone you're not just going to give me your cell phone in exchange for this cell phone because your data is attached to it uh the, the durability of it how long you had it there are different variables because this is a unique item. This this is non-fungible. Even if there are more phones built in this model, this model has a specific number and it's non-fungible. That means I can't trade it for something of equal value. It's a unique item. NFTs are, in a sense, the technology that verifies non-fungible digital items. So if you're thinking of music, photos, videos, 3D objects, assets, in a sense, it creates ownership over digital assets. And when you get ownership in digital assets, now you have an economy that can come from that, right? Because the ownership is what allows somebody to sell it to someone else. So derivative markets come from the fact that someone can own things. And 
the users being able to own digital assets now is in a sense decentralizing the whole creator economy because before that in web 2 these big corporations would own assets and then they would be able to get users and then basically traffic off the user's data in exchange to use these assets, use their services, etc. So now that we have complete ownership of it, we can take an approach to monetize and build our own ecosystems without being in a sense slaves to the system or the 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 people who have the the top. So in a sense a non-fungible token is a token that represents something non-fungible digital assets it verifies your assets on the blockchain so that you can resell it to other people and once you are able to resell something to someone else pandora's box is opened up which is basically this whole bubble that everyone is seeing you know if i want to draw a parallel to to the beanie babies craze i don't know if you heard uh if you remember what, what happened with that. I, I remember that <laughs> yeah so the beanie babies craze once you develop ownership it creates scarcity the beanie babies were not selling until um, Ty basically retired the beanies. So once he started retiring the beanies, everybody started buying them up because they were like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get these anymore. So it's the scarcity that drives the resale market. You can't create scarcity without ownership. The NFT technology creates ownership. Okay. So that's, it's okay. So lots to take in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I already had a good idea of what NFT was uh, anyways. But this does do a lot more detail, and <clears throat> and so so now we know what an NFT was. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now there's another basic question: mm-hmm. what what would you describe as the meta? Like, what is the metaverse? Right? Okay, cool. So the metaverse is a term that was coined by Neil Stevenson, I think his name was, in a book called Snow Crash in around the '80s, and the book described a shared, immersive virtual environment. So. The metaverse, in a sense, by definition, is a shared digital space. So just like the universe is the shared physical space and all of the physical worlds. And and so let me break it down. So the metaverse is a shared digital space and the sum of all digital worlds. So by that definition, that will mean that every shared digital world, every shared social media, multiplayer game, all of that exists within the metaverse, right? Just like just because you can't go from to NBA 2K to VR chat doesn't mean that they're not a part of the same metaverse. I can't go to Mars, you know, is is it's literally the sum of all virtual platforms that exist within it. When we're talking about the metaverse that people are kind of FOMOing into, we're talking about the immersive level, the immersiveness, right? Okay. So, so- so like yeah. the normal internet wouldn't be like the metaverse. It is, just, yeah. So that so, so you would describe that. Yeah. As so the normal okay, internet, okay. we're literally communicating in the metaverse right now. You know, we're okay. just doing it from a two D screen where we're only appealing to our eyes and our ears, right? The the VR three D metaverse is basically adding touch into the equation. So now we're not just able to communicate within the metaverse with our ears and eyes. Now we can touch and now. We have a a wide range field of view. So now it's more immersive. And when you deal with immersiveness, now you're tapping into a new level of human psyche. We're dealing with communication. So that's where people are kind of forming into it. The metaverse by base definition is just a shared digital space. The Internet, you know, like the metaverse and Internet is literally synonymous. The metaverse. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just a more immersive version, a 3D version where we are now interacting with people in 3D space. So where instead of me talking to you over a screen, we're in 3D space with each other. And now it looks like we're together. We feel like we're together. And at that point, once you add that with decentralized economies and NFTs and ownership, now you're looking at the creation of a entirely new realm where people can make money communicate with people build relationships the only things you're not going to be able to do is probably eat and smell but that's three you know we only got five senses so if you're getting three out of five senses then you're pretty much tight you know you're pretty much uh yeah if like you basically added you you're, you're immersed into that like it's basically full immersion yeah. you know you can't eat and smell in your dreams but we exist in that for half you know the astral realm for a half of our lives you know and the same thing with the digital realm. We got the astral plane, which is existing in our dreams. We got the physical plane, which is just in reality. And now we have the digital plane, which is a cross between the two, like a, a, a astral plane in physical space. 
Well, know, it's it's interesting. You know what those? What's interesting is you're describing how the internet and the metaverse are almost synonymous terms now. Like you can like one can replace the other, mm-hmm. and so it, it it actually makes sense now why like why Facebook rebranded <clears throat> to Meta because obviously you think about that and you're just like this is like why would they do that? But now like that you're given kind of this definition that no like we are in the metaverse now. It's just the digital realm, right? They're just kind of right. it's a, they're just rebranding basically the term internet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you could so now it makes sense why Facebook did that. Because for the long because yeah. obviously I made fun of that. I was like, why would yeah. they do that? <laughs> yeah. And then when you look at it, it's like we got web one, then there was web two, and now it's web three. It's literally an evolution of the internet. You know, when the internet first came out, we couldn't watch videos, we couldn't do all, most of the stuff we do now, we couldn't do on web one internet. And then Web 2 came about, which is a more social Internet. And now Web 3 is more of an immersive. Now we're feeling like we're in the presence of everyone in type of Internet to where we're really, in a sense, you're going inside of the Internet now. Because once you put that headset on, you literally just walk through a portal into the metaverse. You know, it's just it's the way that it makes us respond when we actually engage in the technology is what's so revolutionary. Because now we're able to be in 3D space with people that are other sides of the world you know play games i was playing um population one on virtual reality you know with my two homies one of us was i was in new orleans he was one of them was in atlanta and the other one was in los angeles but we're all in 3d space together though. and these are two friends that i wouldn't even have in the same room together because we just in two different walks of life but we got all three of us and they just met each other for the first time i know both of them for like four years apiece you know is it like the level of emergence it's just like it's, it's about to increase our level of 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 consciousness because you know how humans communicate dictates our consciousness you know the nature versus nurture debate if what i'm surrounded by aids in my development if i'm surrounded by a holistic view of the world and i have friends in different cultures and i'm meeting all these type of people i have a more wide range of view and i can you know more elevated consciousness so it's 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 so deep man and we could talk about it all day about how <laughs> how it just all ties in because even with the cryptocurrency you know in order for the economy to work you need to have money inside of the digital space so you have the money which is the crypto then you have the assets which are the nfts and then you have the metaverse which it encompasses it all you know so it's like they can't really work without the other kind of like the the trinity you know the power of three you need the, the the those different working parts and the different variables to make it all come together and that's why a lot of people don't even see it as a whole right now because i wouldn't say i'm a visionary but i do have like a clairvoyant sense so i can see things as it's put together before it's put together so i'm just looking at all the parts and i'm like okay once all this comes together this is what it's going to be but a lot of other people they're looking at it from this part and this part and then they, they can't see it from the big picture and when you don't see it from the big picture, now you're going to be confused because it's just like it seems like a lot of things going on at once instead of just one big thing happening together. Man, that's it's it is pretty crazy. Like like you just describing is basically honestly just going back like of rebranding the Internet just to not call it the metaverse. Yeah, it, it does kind of change my whole perspective because I honestly have never thought about it like that. This was literally the first time I've heard that. <laughs> so like like I'm just kind of mind blown with that. but. You know, just for everyone listening, like this is kind of my thoughts, and obviously, Dr. Clips, correct me if I'm wrong, right? Oh no, you good? Yeah. So, good. so like we have we have the like a lot of people now. This is my breakdown of like Web One, Web Two, Web Three, right? Mm-hmm. Just to give some more context to kind of what you're saying for anyone who's listening, and just to kind of clarify to myself if I'm wrong or not, right? So, like Web One is basically like we could only consume. Like that's literally all we could do. Like someone had built a website and everyone could just consume it. They could just read it or they could watch it. And that's really all you could do with the internet is you could go on and like, yeah, you might be able to like search something, but you're really just reading. It's basically just a book kind of in digital form or just like television, but on the internet. Right. And then we have web two and then that's web two is where we could actually kind of interact but not really like that's where we can actually start making comments at something where that's right. where we can actually start replying to something, but it's really just like, you're just commenting on what was already done. You mm-hmm. can't really generate your own content yet. I mean, you could kind of say that a comment is your own content, but it's really not like most people aren't doing that. Like you can comment on stuff or you could reply to someone. Right. And now like we, participation. Yeah. 
And now we have Web3 where we're like truly participating because everyone can generate their own content. Like we can all get involved with it. Right. And then almost like, like we already had Web3 kind of in my mind, but now it's like, it's still Web3, but it's like elevated to another level where we have these like multiplayer online games we have mm-hmm. like, and then we have these metaverses, if you will, which as we've already discussed, we're already in it like mm-hmm. Decentraland or Sandbox or mm-hmm. these other like worlds that you could immerse yourself into. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I think that's a good way to look at it. Definitely a good way, more of an abstract view of it, mm-hmm. you know, but I still feel like I mean, it's, it's all abstract. I feel yeah, like anyways. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's not nah, real talk. Cause and, it's, and that's a good way to approach it though. Cause like you said, it's like the first one is just all this consuming. It's more static, you know, not really, doing nothing except for taking it in and then the web two surfaced up it's like okay now we're into participating now you know we're doing blogs we got the social media we putting our thoughts out there etc cetera, etc cetera. but the only difference was with the web two we were putting our thoughts out on centralized platforms so we in a sense didn't really have enough control and there was a lot of data okay. farming to where these companies were taking our data and selling it you know the web three is in a sense you know more of a decentralized internet meaning I can't have my stuff taken down by anybody. So with how the central line is built is built on different computer networks. So, and this is what answers the question. A lot of people say why the graphics aren't as good. in a lot of these decentralized platforms, because they're running off of different servers. So the servers are communicating with each other, all of the information at once, whereas Facebook comes from like a centralized server. So where things may be easier and more secure and okay. you know, just easy to handle it's centralized. So that person can either pull the plug on you, sell your data, you know, it's just, you don't really have control. So with the decentralized, you're in a sense of taking back your original ownership of yourself, of yourself and of your data and of your monetization opportunities. And we're not selling out to these platforms. And in a sense, giving them all of our money, we're making the money ourselves, And that's why you'll see a lot of people in Web3 make more money because in a decentralized world, you're basically cutting out the source, like you become the source. So okay. everything that happens, it comes from a top down, you know, instead of you getting it from, from after it already came from the top because you were part of a centralized platform. For example, if I was on YouTube, right, and I, I released 100 videos, I can make, I, and I've done it before, I, I can make like 20,000 or 30,000 in a year or something like that. And that's that's if I'm lucky, you know, because YouTube then took half and I mean, I have to do so much content because I'm competing with all these different audiences and, and so much. So but when you deal with Web3, you can literally get you a group of 100 people like I did with the jackets and stuff and literally get them to buy into your private content. You don't even got to release it publicly. You could just give it to them, you know, okay. and it's just like a, like a subscription service. And now you're getting all of that ad revenue. You don't even got to pay for you don't even got to charge nobody for ads because you're basically getting all of that money yourself and from that perspective now we're dealing in real economic advantage for underprivileged communities and people that really don't got the 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 leeway to get where they need to go the metaverse can be their opportunity not just the metaverse but decentralized applications can be their opportunity to really reclaim back some of that ownership and monetize to where they can get more money for their effort in a sense okay yeah so so that brings up a few questions so we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about the jackets because I know that we, we talked about those jackets before I started recording and I was like, hold up, hold up. You talked to <laughs> like, that's something I want to get on that. But so that brings up, have you looked into like some of these other like decentralized, uh, I don't know why I did quotes because they already said, uh, like mm. platforms like Odyssey or like mm. noise.cash, like these like decentralized versions of these social networks. I haven't heard of the ones that you just said, Odyssey or Noise.Cash. I got to look into that. I okay. definitely got to look at because social networking is about to be huge when it comes to the decentralization whole, that whole movement. Like the social networking is going to be one of the biggest, like, I think it's going to be one of the latest, the ones to, to change last. But I think it's definitely going to be what kind of completes everybody's transition into it when you realize you can make money just okay. using social media. Well, you definitely so, need to look into Odyssey. Man. Yeah, definitely Odyssey, need to look into Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to look at Let me write that down real quick, too. <laughs> nah, for real, man, because I'll be looking for new stuff to talk about on TikTok and stuff, too, man, just to be keeping up with the with the times because it's just so much that goes on all the time. Man, so so and it, for everyone listening, that's how I found out about Dr. Clips uh, was from his TikTok account. He was making videos about 
uh, Zed Zed Run, yeah, like with his with his horse. I can't remember what he named it. Metalbrook, yeah, yeah, that's what it was, <laughs> Metalbrook. And he had that monkey, which I thought was pretty cool too. And so I had to delete my TikTok; it was too addicting. But then I found him <laughs> on Twitter and I found him on YouTube and I reached out. That's that's how we're having this conversation. But uh, yeah. just to give you a real quick breakdown, like Odyssey is like a decentralized version of YouTube. And basically all the videos are uploaded on the blockchain or at least they're tagged on the blockchain and then they're hosted on different servers. So and then what they do is Odyssey is really just the UI. So anybody could create the UI to interact with that blockchain. So mm-hmm. you can never delete any of the videos that go on Odyssey. But what they can do is they can remove access from the, that UI, right? Mm. But but then let's say like, and that's how they control like having like porn or other different stuff not show up on the Odyssey website. Yeah. But then like, let's say someone wanted to create like a decentralized version of something that was deleted off that website. They can just create their own UI and access and the same blockchain it. that the odyssey is plugging into and they can allow whatever they want that way wow they have a token yeah they have a token it's called lbc i'm actually mining it behind me i had to turn everything off so that there wasn't like any like sounds um yep and so that's what odyssey is um but let's we don't we don't need to go too deep into that but yeah we can talk about that but i will say this if anybody who is a content creator on youtube or any other platform or specifically youtube um, you should definitely have an Odyssey account because they even have it to where you can uh, you sign in your YouTube account on your Odyssey account and they automatically port all your videos over. So every time you upload one onto YouTube, they'll automatically upload it um, onto Odyssey. It won't just be on YouTube. They'll upload it on their decentralized servers. And so it'll all be automatic. So oh, yeah, every time you up. upload something on YouTube, it'll upload on Odyssey automatically. Yeah, I'm and, setting that up ASAP. I'm gonna set that up today. <laughs> actually, nah, for real. That's that's innovative, definitely. And just with that technology, you know that's gonna do something. Cause yeah, yeah, it it being automatic to me makes it a no brainer, anyways. Yeah. Because you just set it up, and then you don't even have to like yeah. think about it. Yeah. Right. Right. And then yeah, and then you know they might airdrop you something just for using it. Like who knows? Like yep. You already yeah. And so then, if YouTube for some reason decides they don't like your content, then you you automatically you could have already built an audience over on odyssey just on autopilot and then you can just keep going over there instead yeah, of yeah 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 perfect odyssey. <laughs> i'm about to look into that yeah for sure for sure well let's jump into this so these jackets that you're talking about <laughs> so these jackets i'm going to give you a brief overview and then i want you to kind of describe it mm-hmm. better just so everyone knows so these mm-hmm. jackets are nfts right 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 and but what they are is when you go into something like Decentraland, you can wear the jacket in Decentraland, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's describe like what is the jacket and what is the purpose like on it? And then if someone wanted yeah. to buy a jacket, how do they find it? Right. Okay, cool. So the jackets are access tokens. I created a, a metaverse learning academy which is a hybrid online learning model that used blockchain technology. So we essentially built a front end platform and then built the back end to where users logged in on Ethereum. So the school is called NF teacher and it's a metaverse learning Academy. We have a Genesis curriculum of 10 classes that if you pass them all, you get an NFT degree of certification. And with that NFT degree, you it retains your privileges to the university if you were to even sell your jacket. So it's kind of like you get into an alumni club. So if you acquire a jacket and we're only doing 100 jackets, I'm going to go over. I'm going to have a roadmap 2.0 where we're pretty much going to announce what we're going to do to further the ecosystem. But the jackets are access tokens that allow you to log into our decentralized application. So we have a DAP on nfteacher.io that you can connect your wallet to if you don't have a jacket in your wallet it's not going to let you log in if you have the jacket in your wallet it's going to give you access to hidden content where we have training videos we have the classes we have uh, student only giveaways and my office hours so if you want to schedule like a personal consultation with me you can do that as well so the jackets are essentially an access token that i decided to go with based on fashion because of how when I went to university, you know, 
the the the, the, the paraphernalia is one of the things that is a big identifier for what kind of school you go to. So I go to the airport and I have my you know, my, my school. I went to Tuskegee University, by the way. So I have like the paraphernalia on and I meet students. You know, it's just a good signaler. And fashion on the blockchain is definitely something that I feel like is going to make some big strides this year. So I didn't want to go with like a profile picture. I wanted to go with a 3D asset that can be open source and that can be used in different ways than just to get access to the school. So all holders, they get a Decentraland version of the jacket automatically airdrop to their wallet so that you can wear the jacket in Decentraland. Wow. Then you can download the asset, rig it to like your VR chat model or your Somnium space model. We're working on like some augmented reality type of features to where you can wear the jacket and augmented reality and stuff like just just a way to have fun well, with it. That's and, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and initially I was going to do uh, I was going to do ID cards as nfts but you know that's it's, it's hella boring so we thought paraphernalia you know jackets hats just custom items that can you know show your school pride but also get you access to the school so it was all just to experiment with the possibilities of blockchain edutech because you know going to school i always wondered okay i spent for me going to college i spent like forty thousand a year and i would always wonder what if i can take the you know take this seat that I paid this money for and resell it to another student, I would get instant return on investment before I even went to the workplace. So with this jacket, we're basically teaching the students, giving them the equipment that they need, but we're also making the access scarce so that once they finish, they can go resell the jacket for higher than what they paid for it, get their instant return on investment, still have access to the school if they have the degree, still have access to the privileges. And now we're, you know, getting more people into the school so that they can learn and do the same thing. So, yeah, we have about wow. 5,000 tokens total, 100 jackets, and then we're, the rest of them are going to be the, the, uh, basically um, divided amongst this, like, scarcity tokenomics model based with different garments and, like, sweaters, shoes, hats, backpacks, stuff like that. <coughs> so, yeah, the jackets is only going to be one set of jackets, and we have two left. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we have two left, man, and they're going for point 0.1 Ethereum if you wanted to get one. Probably, hopefully they're not gone before this drop. Probably gonna be, but uh, mint.nfteacher.io. And if you can't get one off the mint, just go to OpenSea, and I'm sure they're gonna have some people you know listening for sale up there. So yeah, On access OpenSea. tokens. Yeah, OpenSea.io, and yeah, so basically open access tokens that give you access to our Metaverse Learning Academy, our community of learners, access to me for office hours. So if you want some guidance on your projects or anything like that, you can directly talk to me and meet. You know, so we can get that hashed away. Honestly, the, the office hours is probably going to be like as much as I love watching videos online, like still like yeah. talking to someone is still like, yeah, it's still huge. And so yeah. that's crazy. How how much exactly is one point ETH in fiat dollars right now? Yeah. So point one ETH in fiat is like three hundred and twenty nine. So it was, the jacket started moving fast because the market went down. So it was ETH was at like four thousand and point one, you know, it's 10 percent of that. So it was like $400. So it was cool and we were moving them. But I feel like once the market went down and then the scarcity got more, it got more scarce. I feel like people were just like, yeah, let me hop on. And probably in the last day, bro, I probably sold like 20 jackets. That's like, yeah, like in the last day or two, you know. So, yeah, man, super blessing. And we got some giveaways, too. So I actually pre-minted. I have two more that I pre-minted for give giveaways and stuff. So I got one that's going on on Twitter right now that's going to be over on the fifth and then i'm going to do one next week as well but after that we're going to start gearing up for the next drop but before we do that we're going to have like rarity traits so the jackets are going to in a sense upgrade so you're you might have a you have a chance to get an upgraded jacket and it's going to have different rarities on it so some of them might have patches on it some might have zippers they're going to have like a meta jacket with like rgb and stuff like that and they're going to be you know rarities amongst the actual garments so when they initially meant they're going to all look the same and then after they sell out do the rarities now there is rarity amongst the actual collection of jackets different types but still get you access to the school you know just making it more fun Give more so cool. opportunity for people to flip because you might get a rare jacket and you didn't even know it. So, you know, added some some rarities to that. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome that you that you're already thinking. So it, it's not just an NFT. It's not just like this piece of artwork. It mm -hmm. has an actual use case. So now you can get into the school, but also you can wear it into Central Land so you can kind of mm -hmm. show off because in my mind, and this is just my thinking, a lot of a lot of these NFTs, specifically like the the 
the profile picture NFT ones, right? It seems to me, and this is just my opinion, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of these people, what they're doing is this is like the same concept of like, if you go buy a new car and you want to show it off to all your friends. Right. But the reality is, is that car does the same thing that my POS beater does. Like we both get to work in our car and that's really <laughs> it. Right. Literally. Like, but the only difference is, is that you're trying to show off your car. I'm just trying to get to work. So right. it seems to me like a lot of these, like these, like the, the ones are kind of like, I want to show off what I just bought. And so I'm going to replace my profile part picture with this NFT, right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And and that's why I'm not really, I'm a profile picture fan, but I've never seen me <laughs> invest in like real talk. Cause I don't like, first of all, for my profile picture, if I'm a brand something around myself, I'm going to make it custom, you know? So, you know, my profile pictures is custom. I had the honorary that of uh, crypto cannibal that was donated to me by Alan you know, but my profile picture was made before I even got into NFTs. And the artist that made it is a talented artist named Nick um, out in Huntsville, Alabama. And people have asked me, was my profile picture a part of a collection and stuff? And I was like, no, it's just something that I commissioned somebody to do. So I always advise people to build brands around things that you have complete ownership over. And like as far as ownership, not just that you own it, but if somebody in one of these profile picture profile picture projects did something bad it can tank the project as a whole and tank the reputation of that brand so let's say for example like a board ABI club member went on a serial killing spree or something or they you know like anything yeah. that any one of these people can do can just tank the whole brand you know and i don't really want to put my personal brand over it or, or on that chopping block you know just in case something happens so I'm, I'm not saying that i wasn't a fan of the artwork but just making just wrapping my personal brand identity i feel like it's too valuable to you know just put it on a profile picture project but i also feel that they're super 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 good for marketing like the profile picture projects is going to probably give you some of your best marketing in this day and age because people just it's just all you you're using it people building their brands around it they're talking about it, you know so it's, it's good for brand building for the projects definitely and if you plan to resell then that's you know always good but yeah the i wanted to go with something that was more so utility based i'm a 3d fan because i know that the metaverse is going to be a 3d environment so i wanted something to be 3d you know because eventually you're going to be able to wear a jacket you know in very virtual reality and stuff i've actually worn my jacket in somnium space which is a virtual reality blockchain world and you know i'm walking around with it on you know and it's yeah it's crazy so i wanted it to be 3d i wanted it to have utility to where we didn't create any fud in the chat because if people are getting it or not getting it to sell it like our owners we probably have like 94 owners and 97 units so people are really buying it literally to get the knowledge to probably get the office hours you know to get the actual stuff that comes with it and that's what i really wanted to show people is that you can sell out a collection and bring value to something outside of just the possibility that that is going to bring you value you can actually have real value you know and then they can redeem that and when they finish with it you know sell it do what they got to do and we can still have real value and still do trendy concepts like the rarity traits and the fashion and the wearables in the central land you know it can be trendy it could be fun but it's still useful that's i mean that's awesome the, like yeah. and i really like the concept how you say that like they, they can resell it, but now they get another NFT. They get like a mm. diploma NFT, right? Yeah. So now they can still have access to everything yeah. on top of all that. Yeah. And then they can get some, some even alumni club awards that regular students might not even have. So that's just incentivizing them to learn and finish the courses. And the metaverse graduations are going to actually be in Decentraland. So I'm going to get like a keynote speaker. We're going to do it as an event. And then on that day, we're going to airdrop the degrees to the students. And then, you know, just basically make it like an actual experience because that's what this whole NFT metaverse blockchain thing is about is gamifying real life. You know, it's kind of blurring the lines between gaming and real life. And I think that's why we as men do so well because we play video games our whole life. Like it'll take us three <laughs> months to get a million coins in the game, you know? So once you start looking at real life, like a video game, we just upped our chances of success. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, by a lot, man, definitely. So yeah, you got to have a graduation. You get the degrees. Is degree is going to be in the form of a 3D graduation cap. So it's not going to look like a degree. It's going to be a graduation cap. Uh, and you, you could wear that too, right? I'm going to airdrop that to you too so you can wear that, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah definitely man just making it fun though like i said just making it fun 
And if some schools want me to consult them on potentially implementing this model into their universities, that's pretty much where I'm doing it for just so I can go to schools and be like, okay, you can do this too, you know, and sell maybe admission as an NFT, you know, now your students get more incentive and y'all get way better fundraising opportunities. So, you know, just, you know, exploring the possibilities of blockchain education technology. Yeah. I mean, well, the idea of a diploma as an NFT, I think is awesome anyways. Yeah. Um, or like, honestly, like any, any type of like thing, like paperwork like that, that yeah, you have to right, hold on right. to, Yeah, like yeah. It, it makes sense. But I mean, yes, it, it, it does defeat like the pseudo anonymous ver- real realization of like cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or blockchain anyways. But that's, you just have multiple wallets. It's not a big yeah. deal. You just have yeah, more and, than one. And I'm never like a fully decentralized guy. Like I'm, I'm a. We live in a in the real world, you know. We we're subject to our physical jurisdictions, you know. Like just because the metaverse is giving us opportunity to dip in and dip out, doesn't mean that you're not physical anymore. So I always say that that decentralization, that full decentralization thing, is kind of a pipe dream, not really going to fully be realized. But it's just giving us the opportunity to have a not, you know, basically monetize and not be as tracked and you know like one foot in one foot out that's what i always tell people because centralization is has its perks like don't get it twisted there's a reason why we signed this social contract with the government to, to where we can have police and firefighters and all this stuff and, and means of production like centralization is is good let's not get it twisted but it's just the yeah. abuse of it is when things start to get kind of twisted when the people that are at the central powers you know, start abusing the authority and that's where decentralization comes in because you added checks and balances now you can have you know, a yin and a yang, like an equal playing field, it can be a balanced ecosystem because now we're not just completely centralized. We have decentralized options to check the centralized options. And yeah, it's just more of an even playing field. And I also wouldn't recommend decentralized platforms for kids. Like, I wouldn't want my kid traveling to Centraland because I've seen some stuff in Decentraland, you know, and nobody could take that stuff down, you know, like for real talk, like nobody could take it down. It's literally up there. And there are different ways that decentralized filtering mechanisms, even like what you were talking about with Odyssey, you know, things that they're going to do to try to filter out some of that stuff. But I would trust, you know, my kids with the, the centralized tour. I can sue you or something if you if you mess my kid up, you know, like yeah. I don't I want some check, checks and balances, you know, if I'm decentralized and, and, and somebody hacks my MetaMask wallet, I'm going to take that L because I should have protected myself. Yep. But it's certain other things that you can't, you know, you just got to have centralized power. So you got to put some checks and balances and it's not having them abusing you. So I'm definitely not a fully decentralized guy. I'm like, I have Facebook. I, I got an Oculus, you know, <laughs> I'll be in the, uh, like Facebook horizon. I, I don't trip about people getting my data because they pretty much got all the data anyway already. So it's like, by the time you didn't realize that they, they, they can make a whole clone of you already. <laughs> so yeah, I'm always one foot in, one foot out with the decentralization, man. Man, I was just, I was gonna hold up my phone, but for some reason I don't know where it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> like you carry around your phone, everyone carries around their phone everywhere they go. So like I yeah. completely agree with you on like people are always like, oh, are you worried about people taking your data? I was like, dude, like you carry around a smartphone, like you have no room to talk on like no room to talk. <laughs> they know exactly where you are. Like you can literally go to Google and see every piece of thing, everything that Google knows about you. Like they tell you stuff about you that you don't even know about yourself. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, but, super crazy. So let's so let's kind of take a step back, right? Mm-hmm. So I love all this. We might have like overwhelmed a bunch of people. Let's but let's take a step back. <laughs> How did you personally get into mm-hmm. NFTs, right? Or okay. which which came first? Did you get into crypto first or NFTs first? So I definitely was in the crypto first. So I was in the crypto in college. Um, didn't really do too much with it. Um, I got paid in Bitcoin a couple of times. Um, this was in college? Yeah, this was in college. Like okay. 20, yeah, I finished in 2016. So this is around 2014. Yes. Okay. But it wasn't nothing crazy to where I'm like a Bitcoin millionaire or nothing like that. It was literally <laughs> just, I was, you know, I learned about wallets, you know, learned about exchanges and stuff like that. Had some coins, some of them still here to this day. Some of them went to zero, et cetera. So when I got into the whole NFT things, what actually started was the metaverse, right? Okay. So I was looking at some coins and I saw my, my business partner. I told him about this coin called Mana that I stumbled upon. And like it was at like 11 cents at the time. And this was in like June, July of 2021. So when I stumbled upon a coin, he was like, man, I'm, I'm surprised you ain't on it already. So he went to telling me what it was about. So I looked it up and saw that it was this whole virtual platform and stuff. And I'm like, OK, this is the, the first coin that I really felt like 
I was able to resonate with because it actually was something that I was interested in personally. You know, like videos, gaming, the the metaverse, all of that was kind of like encompassed into that. So that was like the first time where I really felt like the metaverse is something I want to look into. And it was the central line. So once I went into the central line, the first thing I started doing was gambling, you know? <laughs> so I started playing <laughs> the casinos all day. So, you know, I played the casinos. I had like, they give you those free chips, man. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And they, I was mining un, I unknowingly was mining the coin DG from the casino token. So I wound up mining like $400 worth of that. Somebody wound up stealing it when he broke up my MetaMask, but I was in the casino and I was playing. So I would be in the casino and I'd just be playing, right? So when I was there, they had an event that day by Apes 3D, which is the little apes that you saw that I'd be messing with. So yeah. I had one, a couple of uh, some manner that day. So I decided to buy an NFT. That was the first NFT that I really bought for real, for real, was the Apes 3D. I paid $40 for it. So I paid $40 for the Apes 3D NFT. I went and it was an open source asset, meaning that it allowed me to access the original files and they gave me commercial use as well. So I was able to take the NFT and then turn it into these, make these videos with it, like the augmented reality videos with it, the 3D videos. And I wound up putting one on TikTok. I put it on TikTok. This one guy uh, named Cypher, he saw the TikTok and wound up buying the most expensive ape in the collection at a, a 10% discount because he bid it on it. He bid it on a 10 ETH ape for one ETH and then they wound up selling. So he bought that ape for $3,000. And then three days later, he sold it for 10 ETH for thirty thousand dollars right and that was from him coming from my tiktok cypher the guy that wanted that made that sale was the guy that developed the smart contracts for nf teacher my school oh that's so awesome wound, yeah so we wound up building a relationship off that and then apes 3d i met ape father which was the founder of that project after apes 3d went viral because of those sales i took his floor price up from like it was not volume traded was at like three eth volume traded to where now it's at like 300 ETH volume traded or something like that. So he didn't made almost close to a million dollars off of that whole little thing, you know, and me and him developed a good relationship, right? He was the one that gave me the idea to create a consultation token, which evolved into the whole Metaverse Academy. And he donated a plot of his land on Decentraland for the, me to actually have the school. So I'm saying all this to say that all of this shit started, excuse my language, when we were in the casino like i just gambled in the casino i saw the project i liked it i bought into it i promoted it it went viral ape father the founder connected with me introduced me to all his friends and just like introduced me to people that he knows in the metaverse guy named michael k he's a board ape yacht club member um josh ong i know you're probably familiar with him beijing doll on on twitter introduced me to him and you know i just started just making content and yeah it came as a result of me getting into the mana token I even met Ari Milik, um, the founder of Decentraland. I've, I've talked to him on uh, video conference and stuff like that as well. Wow. Yeah, so it's crazy, man. And it, it really started off with the investment in the token and just exploring the ecosystem. So people that are just wondering how people like us get to these state, these 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 spots is literally by just experimenting and playing with the ecosystem, just trying to figure out what's really good and use it to our advantage you know and that's how you stumble upon your passions and then you can actually dive into it and now crypto doesn't seem so intimidating no more because it's aligned with your actual passions and that's one thing that i really love about the nfts nfts is the first thing that actually tokenized art you know so now you're connecting the technology with something that people are already connected with before that so it gives them more of an incentive to want to learn it. So it's like the onboarding is what increases because now people are buying into their passions and just the evolved version of their passions instead of, oh, this new technology can make me a lot of money. You know, that's I mean, first off, I want to reiterate something that's been happening in almost every single one of these conversations. So you have just kind of repeated something that has happened in almost every interview that I've had so far. So this mm -hmm. is about episode nine or 10, I think, or what it's going to be nine or 10. But in every single interview, every single person that has like built their team or has created a project within crypto or blockchain, <clears throat> excuse me, they have all met virtually. They have always met online yeah. every single time. And it has not to do like, obviously you're a talented individual with how you're getting everything together. But at the end of the day, you just started out as someone who went into Decentraland and you just started gambling at their casinos and you just met someone and started talking <laughs> to them, right? Right. So so it's I like 
And this, this is something I've noticed. And even for me personally, this is how I, I've been able to get some of my like freelance gigs is literally just going into like Telegram, Twitter, Discord, and just saying, what's up? Or like saying right. hello and just like started talking to people and then kind of showing them what I'm, I'm doing. And then we get connected. I mean, that's how we got connected. Yeah. So definitely. to anybody who's listening, if you're wanting to get a position or you're wanting to do work in crypto, blockchain, et cetera, you know, I might sound like a broken record. If you've listened to my other episodes, you need to just get involved. If you want a job at some certain token, go buy $5 of it and then start researching it and like follow them on Twitter. Like this is not like, and, and I'm saying just $5 because you don't need to do something you crazy. Need, yeah. I you don't need to do something crazy. The yeah. The ape 3D <laughs> that I paid for, I, I still have it. I paid $40 for that ape and the floor price for those, for that collection right now is like $800 or something. You yeah. Know, and, and I, and I, I saw that TikTok and literally all you did was you basically were just like, Hey, check out this ape. Like you didn't even do anything crazy. <laughs> like that's all you, and I thought that was cool. I was like, that's yeah, and awesome. That's, and that's the beauty of it. You know, you're just showing them because the, 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 the all comes from what you're showing them more so than the person that's showing them, you know, like, like you said, with the Zay run horse, like the augmented reality stuff is what really got that to the level of where, you know, where it was at. So it's all about just showing and they're going to literally gravitate towards that, which you're showing them. Because it's just new, this new content. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that does like the augmented reality stuff, I think is super, super cool. But my, my thoughts on that. So this is just my opinion is I yeah, think, I think that the mass majority of people are still kind of when they enter the metaverse, if you will, like the central land, it's still mostly going to be people who are just kind of looking at their computer screens like we are right now, because right. I can see that you have a really cool pyramid computer behind you and I can see that you have, and you showed that you have um, like the VR goggles and stuff. Right. Most people don't have those, right? No, nah, not at all. No, nah, not at all. So do not you, do you see that as a hindrance though? Of people? No, nah, no, nah, not at all. So if you look at Somnium space, which is one of the most technologically advanced metaverse platforms, they're I, on the blockchain. Say that. Say what is the name again of that? Somnium space. Somnium oh. space. S O M N I U M space. So, yeah, this is one of the most technologically advanced metaverse platforms. They're on the blockchain. They have VR. They have desktop. They have mobile. They're interoperable. So if I'm on my VR, I can be communicating with someone that's looking on their phone. You know, like those are the type of things that are going to help bridge this gap and create more of bigger populations. Like the central line is only accessible right now via desktop. This year, from the research that I've been taking, they're supposed to be branching into mobile and virtual reality. So just imagine the, the people that don't have access to computers and then imagine what that's going to do for mana, you know, just the ability for to get on it for mobile. And it's possible because Somnium Space already has mobile. So it's not something that's out of reach. So just the ability to be interoperable is where these platforms are going to have to, you know, that's that's where the strength is going to be. How good am I at making sure that VR people can interact with mobile people and desktop people so that everybody can be in events at one time? Everybody, you know, it's all good, you know, and I think that's that's that we're not very far off from that future, you know, not far off at all. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So so I want to take it back to something that you kind of briefly mentioned on earlier, because this is something I ask everybody. And so you've already kind of briefly mentioned it, and I think that it needs to be addressed. So you said that your MetaMask wallet has been hacked before, right? Mm -hmm. So the question I always ask is, have you ever been scammed in crypto? And now you've kind of hinted at that you have. Yeah. Can you expound on any details on how that happened? Just so we can all so have a, a group thing to learn yeah. from, obviously, on, on your unfortunate event. So it doesn't happen to other people, right? So this is the funny part about it. I wasn't scammed. I don't to this day, I don't know how this dude got into that wallet. Like, I, yeah, I, I mean, getting that, hacked isn't really getting scammed, but yeah, right. Yeah, how I mean, did like, it happen? I, though, I right? would feel better if I did get scammed because at least I would know you would know what, what happened, was. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> with, yeah, for this particular situation, I, uh, my MetaMask got cleaned out, they didn't take any NFTs. The one guy that cleaned it out, he was going on this cleaning out spree once we was on the EtherScan. For people who don't know if your MetaMask is ever hacked, go on EtherScan and you can see the transactions. You can track it. Don't mean you're going to be able to do nothing about it, but at least you can see what they're doing with it or if you were confirmed to be hacked and it wasn't just a glitch or something like that. So make sure you check on EtherScan. But I checked on EtherScan and there was another guy that, okay, this so this is what happened. So I, I, I bought my ENS domain name, right? Dr. Clips.eth. 
I bought that domain name and then I put it on Twitter, right, as my name. And the next day I got hacked. So even though I don't think I got scammed, I feel like whoever did it sourced me from Twitter. So that's one thing. When y'all dealing with these ENS names and y'all NFT profile pictures, understand that it's it's an identifier for you to be identified by other people in the NFT space. But those people don't have to be good people. You know, there could be somebody that's malicious, you know. So when you're putting up these identifiers that you have NFTs, uh, NFT in your profile picture guarantees that you have Ethereum sitting around somewhere. So someone is going to try to get that, especially when you start getting your ENS names because you got the .eth name, which is basically for people who are doing work in crypto, meaning that they have reserves, most likely. Was Luckily, my reserves weren't in that wallet, but I still had a little bread enough just uh, spread out amongst different coins. It was like $1,500 worth. So when they got in, when they wound up hacking it, I lost the bread and then someone else was able to look at my ENS name on the on the ether scan when his account got hacked so he went and found me on twitter and then asked me if i knew anything about the hack and that at that moment i realized how easy it was to identify somebody based off that ens name because the guy another victim was able to find me and we talked about it and actually because uh looked at how many sites we were connected to and we weren't connected to any of the same sites you know except for your traditional decentraland or something like that. So I wouldn't say that we signed like a batch smart contract. Yeah. You know, I will, you know, yeah. So this thing. So it's like what I messed up at was I, I had a hardware wallet, but I didn't have one um connected to my MetaMask account. I just had it to my offline, you know, situation. What I did was I bought another hardware wallet, you know, another treasure, and then I hooked this up specifically to the new MetaMask. So I dumped that old account. I like I just abandoned it. And I made a new one and I connected this to it. So if someone was to hack my MetaMask, they still would need to confirm the transaction on this hardware wallet in order to move anything off of it. So for yep. my NFTs that's valuable, like my land plots and all that type of stuff, and that I knew I still need to connect to MetaMask in order to build on, I just put them on a you know a treasure wallet. And this is pretty much foolproof. This is guarantee you that even if somebody get inside your wallet, they need to take this out of your hand to be able to send anything off of it. So yeah. That's really interesting on how they were able to kind of hack. Like, do you think that they hacked your computer or hacked something? Because it's really know, strange, like how it's that. It's strange. It's strange. And I and if I wish I could tell you, like, I really wish I got to the bottom of it. Because I talked to the other guy that was hacked and we literally was trying to figure out what happened. Because, you know, traditionally we weren't the, the most reckless or the most. Like I experiment, but I don't go sign any random smart contract that comes on my screen. I literally stick into the basic battle test that, okay, this has a bit of a reputation, you know, that they're not about to be out here, you know, hacking people. So, yeah, it's crazy. I wish I would have known, though, but I definitely took the precautions to not let it happen again, which was hooking up a, a, a hardware wallet specifically to my hot wallet, my Web3 wallet, you know, and... Yeah. Yeah, and then making sure that all my reserves were off because you know, like I said, they were already they weren't already on my MetaMask. He just got fifteen hundred dollars worth of tokens that I just had sporadically just in MetaMask, you know, which included that DG that I was mining when I was planning the casino. <laughs> so, so for everyone who's watching, I do have a video on my channel, and I am going to be making another one on how you can disconnect sites from your MetaMask. So, in case that was how he got hacked, since we don't know. Um, you need to be regularly going and disconnecting your 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 the websites from MetaMask. It's pretty simple. You just click the three buttons and you can connect to sites and you hit disconnect. Right. And you can also use different things. Like uh, I use a website called DBank and you can actually okay. go through. So whenever you do like a token approval. So yeah. a lot of times, like let's say you did a token approval on PancakeSwap or on uh, Uniswap, et cetera, because you have to approve like if you want to swap one token for another token. Yeah. You have to approve the token that you're swapping for. And so sometimes these scam tokens, they write their contract where that token approval can approve them to do a lot more mm-hmm. than just take that one token, right? Right, right. So you can use a, a program like DBank and you can go and you can unapprove your token approvals because most of these websites, what they're doing to uh, kind of do shortcuts is when you do your token approval, instead of it just approving that certain amount that you're wanting to trade, they mm-hmm. have it to where it says unlimited. So like, so now you're always forever unlimited approval for that one at that one site for swapping. Now, if you trust that, sw- that site or you trust that contract, 
most of the time it's not a big deal but right if you accidentally did it with like a scam token or a scam site then they can now you've just kind of kind of approved it to where even if you are using a hardware wallet like a treasure or a ledger you've still approved Mm -hmm. that site to swap whatever they want and they don't need your treasure or ledger to do it so just for everyone who's listening yeah yeah, this is not specifically for Dr. Clips. This is for everyone who's listening. Now, I have a feeling he knows these kind of things. And if he doesn't, he yeah. just got educated. But this was for everyone else who's listening because that's nah, an interesting definitely. hack that, that happened. Yeah, that D bank. That's that's some that's some that's something I gotta add that to my tool belt, definitely. Cause I never even heard of that one. Not real talk. And that's why we need to be having these conversations because there's so many tools, and it's just like we're dealing in open source decentralization. So MetaMask's code is open source. That means anyone can look into that, you know. So at that yep. point. You're almost guaranteed to get compromised. <laughs> like, yeah. like the chances of you not being compromised are super slim. So you gotta take super, super, super careful precautions with it. And yeah, I don't even leave nothing on. Like when it comes to the MetaMask, I would do business on it. And then you know, the only thing I would keep on the honesty is the NFTs. And that's just until I could get them off, you know, probably put them in Exodus or something. But you know, some of the NFTs require you to use it for the web three. So that's why you got to keep them in there. But somebody stole one of my students' jackets. Somebody wow. stole one of his NFT jackets. Yeah, they stole it. And it was because he, we think it was because he was basically minting on one of these meme projects and, you know, got his wallet hacked. And it was crazy because two of the people, one of them had a jacket, the other one didn't, but both of them got hacked and they were both minting with this one project. I don't want to particularly say it because I don't know if it's even a scam or not, but, you know, it was, yeah, they, they, they're not really doing too much no more. But yeah, they were interacting with smart contracts. And I just, yeah, just, just recklessly doing it you know <laughs> yeah it's what sucks what sucks about ethereum anyways is when you approve to swap that counts as a transaction so now you got gas fees with that and ethereum fees are crazy but then when you want to go and you want to unimprove that that also counts as another transaction so now you got another transaction fee so i use mostly binance smart chain and like tron and ethereum like in uh, Solana and Algorand and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. the fees are super, super low. So this would bring another question, right? So let's kind of get back to the topic of NFTs. Like, what what are your thoughts on like these NFT projects on other platforms? I mean, it seems like you, you've kind of hinted at that mm-hmm. Ethereum might be mm-hmm. the main one that you're using. That's what your jacket's on. Mm-hmm. Is, are you like anti these other blockchains nah, for I'm, NFTs? I'm a... Or is it just like Ethereum's the king right now? Is that how it's nah. going to be? I'm not a fan of Ethereum. First of all, I, <laughs> Ethereum, I, it's historic and it's important. It's iconic, and that's the only reason why I put the school on it for like learning purposes and even to show the students what a gas fee is. You know, like all of that is a part of the learning experience, and that's the reason why I put it on there. I'm not a fan of the gas fees at all. I love Polygon more than anything. Like if I'm if I'm if I'm mad, if I'm bullish over anything in that Ethereum ecosystem, it's Polygon. It's not Ethereum. Because if it wasn't for Polygon, I wouldn't even be using it <laughs> like at all. Um, I like Solana. Um, I'm I'm really getting into Cosmos ecosystem. Okay, that's, that's yeah, that's the one that I've been looking into pretty hard. The Cosmos ecosystem because they preach interoperability, you know. And I I hate Apple products because of their ivory tower. You know, I like interoperability. <laughs> I like being able to go here to here. You know, I like things being able to work together. So that's why I'm, I'm bullish on the Cosmos ecosystem. That's why I'm not really too happy of Ethereum because they're trying to push this whole multi-chain future when it really can be, you know, interoperability and all this other type of stuff. But Ethereum is definitely, you know, the godfather, you know, definitely paved the way for everything that we're doing right now. So I, I respect them. I respect Vitalik, respect everything they got going on. It's just, it's not, not, not mass adoption ready. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not, yeah, we need something that's a little bit more cheap, something that, just yeah more cheap yeah <laughs> like, secure though. to be honest because of the gas fees i pretty much don't trust i, I, I don't touch ethereum like it's too yeah, who expensive does? yeah, who does? Like, yeah. It's way too the, expensive if anything it helps it it, it it helps you with a unit buy so for if if you have a poverty mindset and and a hundred dollars feels like a lot of money to you go trade on ethereum for about a month or two and by then you're gonna come out a hundred dollars gonna feel like ten dollars and then that you're gonna take that into the real world and you're gonna you won't even money be differently it. Yeah, it's like the money, the value of money is different. So that's the only thing I would encourage. If you use Ethereum, it 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 it's it reconditions your poverty mindset. It, it it makes you realize what money really is, you know, because you're using it and you're spending it. It's just yeah, it, it helped me. Like definitely turn me from 
<laughs> somebody that wasn't having money to yeah i, I look at it completely different now you won't even be able to trade for a month with a hundred bucks oh no nah, you nah, do like nah. one trade maybe yeah. yeah and that's and that's and that's literally and that's the type of bias that i see that comes and that's pretty much the only benefit is the you know to get off your poverty mindset but once you're done with that you're gonna just be tired of spending gas fees all day oh man but that's yeah, first off that sucks that you that you got hacked i don't yeah. i'm i want to know how that happened because i want to try to help people yeah but, it happens to the best of us man i feel like that's a part of the checklist you know but that's and, why it goes back could, yeah and somebody could tell you you know everything in a book but until you get hacked that's when you're really going to take precaution for real for real yeah. you know smart people learn from our mistakes but most of us going to just go wait until we get hacked to go get the hardware wallet don't do that get your hardware wallet get a get a hardware wallet man uh like like I, I I used to not have my stuff on a hardware wallet until uh, I started migrating everything over and I started putting everything on a hardware wallet. Mm-hmm. Like there's a few wallets that I couldn't like go fully on board to hardware wallet, but I, I migrated at yeah, least like I migrated the uh, seed phrase, like mnemonic phrases over to hardware and mm-hmm. started and just deleted everything and then started using DBank to like unapproving every, I was like, now we're going to unapprove everything. It's like, I'll like, I'll try to start like almost like a new, like I'll pay all the fees. Cause I need right. this. Cause like the wallet was like connected to some NFTs or like reflection right. token, like stuff that you can't really move. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. I can't move that. So we got to. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Now nah, I feel you though. Yeah. And it's, it's a learning process, man. It's be so early. It's just so many different ways to do different things. And we're going to of course get to a time where things are more smoothed out and it's more easy to manage, but you know, all right, so so let's get how how do you vet some of these NFT projects that you're looking at, right? How, how what are you, some of your vetting processes to make sure, hey, this is a good NFT project, this is a bad NFT project? Um, I like to read, so I'm a reader. I I, I need documentation, okay. and that's probably I feel like that's the best way you can pretty pretty much sift through whether somebody's you know hitting you with some bull crap or whatnot is just literally read you know read the documentation read the white paper read the, the teams look up the team members if they're anonymous go to some a platform like civic and see if they dox themselves to civic you know um website professionalism grammar a lot of foreign people are in the space so grammar i really take that with a grain of salt however i still look at it as someone not being as ill-prepared or even caring about their project enough so grammar website production how much are your mints and what are you doing with your mints based off how much you're minting? If you're minting, if you have 11,000 mints at $800 a piece, then I'm going to look for your roadmap to be a little more grandiose than someone that has 100 items at $200 or $100. You know, it's just, it's, it's different because it's about scalability and what they're going to do with it and how logical it is and practical it is. Like, is somebody just selling me a dream or is this something that somebody can actually realize? I don't really dip into the play to earn games much because it's it's not easy to make a good game you know even if the graphics were amazing like most games nowadays before virtual reality pretty much burned the hell out of me for real for real because it was just bad games you know and a lot of these mass multiplayer games that were made before virtual reality were literally made for virtual reality which is why they probably were so damn boring before virtual reality came about so i don't really tend to do the play to earn games too much um roadmap anonymous founders only if they're doxxed. Um, you know, there's some good apples out there, but for the most about most of most of them aren't. Um, yeah, and just documentation and to see how if they're paying for marketing and where they're putting their marketing dollars. If you're just trying to pump a Discord up to 10,000 people in the first two weeks, then I'm like, you can be doing more to accumulate users than that. And you know, it just it just shows how how it shows whether the founders are short-term, short-sighted or long-term or long-sided as far as like whether they're in it for the short-term greed or the long-term value that can be accumulated, not just to themselves, but to the holders, essentially. Okay. So do you have any projects that you're looking at now that you can share with us or, or no? Um, projects that I'm a fan of. I wouldn't say I'm looking at right now, but just I've been looking at since I've been in the space, the Medikey by dcl blogger maddie that's probably one of the most influential guys in the space um he has the meta key four out right now i'm looking to probably get one of those pretty soon um apes 3d you know i, I definitely like that as well you get the commercial rights to the apes um i'll open asset files where you can use them in different meta metaverse projects avatar projects etc i like zed run you know it's the classic they actually have the zed token dropping this year so for people that had horses and stuff like that, you're probably looking at an airdrop, you know, 
for some Zed tokens. Look, look out for that. Um, who else? Who else? Some new projects. Crypto Raiders like that as well, like a PNG project. There's this project called DeFi Kingdoms on Harmony. That's pretty good. I don't know if you're familiar with the Harmony platform and stuff like yeah. So it's another yeah, another Ethereum competitor. They got this token called One. Pretty good. But it's basically like a DeFi staking type of game, but it feels like more Game Boy S type of game. It's pretty dope. But you basically learn about you know DeFi using it. Um, yeah. So those those would be the ones I see. I pretty much been looking at recently. They're really that meta key. I'm trying to get my hands on soon. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So so that clips. Where can we find you online? Tell us. Tell us where people. Where is your metaverse location <laughs> at? Right. Man, look, so if y'all, so look, <laughs> drclipsdr.clipz is all my handles. If you're looking at 2D non-immersive metaverse platforms like Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, et cetera, um, you can look up NF Teacher as well. We have, uh, you know, our platforms on TikTok, not TikTok, Twitter and Instagram. And we also have our campus inside of Decentraland at coordinates 102-151. So that's 102-151 in Decentraland, right? It's crazy. You can actually go there. And um, yeah, so yeah, that's where we at, man. You can highlight me on YouTube, highlight me on TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, we everywhere. We got our presence everywhere. I might have to get with you on how to how to access where your school is at in Decentraland. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, you got to pull I've, up on this. I, I've done a few, like I did a few lives where I was just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you do here. Yeah. And I was just walking around. <laughs> and I, yeah, and man, I was like, all it. right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it, man. Cause yeah, it's about how you do the events. You know, like when I do my meeting events, I usually do giveaways. I have people take pictures in front of the building, like just giving them more stuff to do when they're there. Cause you're dealing with limited emergence. So when you're dealing with a limited emergence, you have to make it fun in some kind of way, shape, or form or interactive. So yeah, that's the approach we take it, man. But appreciate you. Definitely, thank you for having me on here, man. man. It's been, it's been I good. love it's been it. A nice talk. We didn't we didn't chopped it up for a good little hour. Yeah, man, it's been awesome. I loved it. Thank you so much. I think everyone, we're gonna close this out with uh, the typical, not financial, legal, or any other type of <clears throat> advice. What you do with your time and money? Oh, financial advice is one hundred percent on you. Whatever you do is one hundred percent on you. Learn from our mistakes. You know, I started putting everything on a hardware wallet too. So, you know, I haven't gotten hacked yet, but I've definitely been scammed plenty of times. So, <laughs> so I know what it is. Um, thank you once again, Dr. Clips. Uh, we're going to put all of his links down below. If you're listening on podcast, I have learned that I can put links in the podcast description. So there'll be links to all that good stuff. Uh, thank you guys for joining. Remember any project, if you have a cool logo and you send me a hat, I'll probably wear it. Otherwise, thank you guys. You want to close <laughs> us out with anything? Anything you want to add just really quick? Man, look, just explore the possibilities. That's all I got to say, man. Just keep exploring. Endless, dude. Thank you. Thank Endless. You. Man, I appreciate you, Spencer, <laughs> man. I'm going to holler at you. All right. Peace. Peace.